G'day folks, welcome back to another episode of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. This week, the episode's a little shorter than usual because things have been pretty busy uh, within the team. I have a lot of things going on internally. So yeah, the podcast is a bit shorter this week, but we will still do the usual roundup of security fixes that have gone into supported Ubuntu releases over the past week. So we'll just dive straight into that. But also, if you are listening to this, at the end of this week's episode, I'm going to have a very brief mention of something that will be coming up in the next uh, episode or probably the one after that, actually, uh, giving the timing of things. So yes, something to look out for, something special to look out for there. Uh, but yeah, up first, we had an update for Poplar, which was unfortunately a regression update uh, that was for an update that we did last week. So uh, last week, I talked about uh, an update for this integer overflow in the JBIG2 decoder in LibPoplar. So when backporting the series of patches uh, to fix that, we missed one, which updated uh, the CMakeList.txt file to ensure that a new header file that was added as part of that security update actually got installed uh, within the libpopla dev package. As a result, uh, that would mean that if you tried to recompile something that was uh, trying to use libpopla, it would fail because that header file wasn't there. So this was uh, yeah, added now to make sure that was there. So yeah, not really a security regression directly, but you know, if you're using libpopla dev, you can now recompile your stuff and everything should be fine. Uh, that is for a bunch of releases 1804 and 604 extended security maintenance. We also had an update for Intel Microcode uh, for the uh, long-term support releases, so 1804, 2004, and 2204 long-term support. This updates to the latest upstream release from Intel, which is what they call IPU 2022.2. The only really security relevant thing here was uh, SGX related. So if you're using SGX uh, enclaves, uh, they're a little more protected now, uh, harder for untrusted things to snoop on those now. Uh, an update for Vim as well, uh, various buffer overflows and the like that could be triggered when editing crafted files. Oh, I do seem to be talking about Vim a lot. As I've said in the past, it's fast becoming one of the most security patched packages in Ubuntu. And I think that is probably due to its bug bounty. That is for Vim in Ubuntu releases from 14.04 extended security maintenance, uh, 18.04 long-term support, 20.04 long-term support, and 22.04 long-term support. Wayland was updated for a single vulnerability for our long-term support releases. Uh, In this case, a reference count overflow. So internally, it used a 32-bit integer to count the number of references uh, to various buffers. Uh, uh, However, on a 64-bit machine where you've got a huge amount of memory, you can imagine it's possible that a malicious client could allocate uh, such a large number of buffers within the the Wayland server that it had to keep track of that that would eventually overflow this reference count and you would then potentially get a use after free as a result of that uh, should be noted though probably it's pretty unlikely to be able to exploit that in practice because you, you do need the client to also have a large number of connections through to the compositor as well and the fix for that was relatively simple just limiting the maximum number of objects that could be allocated an update for SQLite after that three different CVEs here for Ubuntu releases 1804 and 24 long term support uh, this is the sort of small embedded SQL database uh, in this case a null pointer dereference uh, an out of bounds read both those could be triggered through our crafted database files and uh, issue in Unicode parsing that one was actually disputed by upstream whether it was actually a vulnerability or not because really in this case uh, no chance of really violating security boundary there or not I always find SQLite a really interesting package. Uh, it's one that I worked with previously uh, when I was more of an embedded software engineer. What I really liked about it was the huge amount of tests that it had. For 150,000 lines of code, it actually has 92 million lines of codes of test, which is really cool. It's like 600 times as much code in the test as it is in the actual library itself. And so if you're using SQLite in production, you know that this is a very well-tested piece of software, highly unlikely to have bugs or to have security issues. You know, they talk about how it has four different test harnesses 
100% of branch coverage within their tests. Uh, they have tests for out-of-memory conditions, I.O. error tests, um, fuzz tests, boundary condition tests, regression tests. They run their tests under Valgren to catch memory errors. They run it with uh, undefined or UBSAN, the undefined behavior sanitizer enabled as well. So lots of different ways that they test this, trying to make it as secure and as safe as possible. Yet, as we've just seen, uh, there are still new vulnerabilities being discovered in, I guess, such a well-tested and widely deployed piece of code. And I guess what this shows to me really is that uh, it's very hard to test your way out of security issues, uh, or at least in particular if you're writing your code in C, which just has so many different ways that you can shoot yourself in the foot through to the various different uh, you know, bits of undefined behavior there are within the C specification. Uh, I guess you can you know, potentially you know, do this through things like formal methods and stuff that prove that your code is actually secure, uh, as we've seen through projects like uh, SEL4 and others, but that's very expensive. You know, it's uh, costs on the order of you know, hundreds of dollars per line of code to prove it formally secure. SEL4 project themselves quote $200 to $400 per single line of code. Uh, and so you can imagine then uh, to formally prove something like SQLite would then cost like $20 million or more, which is you know really, I guess, infeasible just to prove its security, let alone to actually develop all that code in the first place. And it makes me think uh, that I suppose there really is a future for languages like Rust and the like where you really have so many, uh, where the language itself stops you from, I guess, causing so many issues in the first place uh, and, and would have at least helped for these first two issues. Uh, obviously, you could still have uh, logic flaws and the like that could still introduce security problems. You know, you can still write, say, uh, you know, some TLS code in Rust that fails to properly check the certificate. You know, that's not a, a memory safety issue, but it is obviously a security issue. So yeah, you can still get security vulnerabilities in these new languages that try to I guess limit these things but uh, obviously lots less and I guess we're very good at the moment of finding things like uh, memory corruption issues due to fuzz testing and you know building with all these new things like UBSAN and the rest but yeah interesting nonetheless. After that we had uh, some updates for the Linux kernel so for our 2204 long-term support customers on the Intel IoTG platform uh, there was 10 different CVEs fixed there uh, I've covered a bunch of these in previous episodes things like uh, the Intel 10 gigabit Ethernet PCI Express driver uh, failed to do uh, control flow properly. Uh, there was an issue where uh, IP source ports were not properly randomized uh, and use after free within the perf subsystem. Uh, null point of reference within the KVM subsystem. Uh, various file system out of bounds, reads and writes and the rest. We also had an update for the kernel for our 18.04 long-term support customers, which is the hardware enablement kernel for 16.04 extended security maintenance. In this case, just a couple of vulnerabilities are one within the console frame buffer and Netfielder uh, subsystem as well. Both of these out-of-bounds writes that I covered in previous episodes. In that case, the likely impact, I guess, is a denial of service through crashing your kernel. Um, but you could also possibly get code execution as well. The 5.4 based kernel for uh, 2004 long-term support was updated as well. That's uh, the hardware enablement kernel for 1804 long-term support users. What else? The 5.15 kernel for 2204 long-term support was updated, and that's also used uh, in Azure for 24 long-term support, as well as the 5.15 hardware enablement kernel for 24 long-term support. That one wins the award this week for the most number of vulnerabilities fixed in a single update. 21 CVEs rolled into that. Thanks, as always, to the kernel team for all of that. Uh, all of those I've mentioned in previous episodes or earlier this episode, plus though there were a few within the Zen para virtualization subsystem, uh, all, all of these obviously on the kernel side of that, uh, the impact from those ranges from uh, being able to crash the guest uh, VM itself, uh, exposing its memory contents or potentially to causing a denial of service for services on the host. 
Speaking of Zen, we had an update for Zen in uh, 24 Lantern support as well. Uh, so that's the uh, user space part of that. Uh, this package is in universe and thanks uh, to the community contributor that contributed this one. Yeah, this one almost won the award for the most number of CVs this week, 20 CVs patched in this one. So yeah, a lot of work done uh, by that community contributor. Thank you. Uh, most of these, again, allow a malicious guest to attack the host. Uh, things like causing a denial of service against it, uh, privilege escalation, code execution, uh, the usual sorts of things that we see there. The TIFF was updated. Again, another package vying for uh, you know, the most number of security updates over time. We've seen LibTIFF updated, uh, I think, probably every few weeks for the last uh, sort of 10 weeks or so. Um, in this case, seven CVEs rolled into this. Uh, this is for our 1404, 1604 extended security maintenance, respectively, plus 1804, and 2204 long-term support releases. Uh, in this case, usual sorts of issues, so memory corruption uh, are when handling different crafted files, uh, stack and heat buffer overflows and the like. GhostScript was updated for 1604 extended security maintenance for a single uh, vulnerability, uh, heat buffer overflow that could be triggered when handling crafted PDFs. Uh, bind, the DNS server was updated for 1804, 24 and 22 for long-term support. Uh, in this case, there was a couple of different memory leaks when handling certain crypto algorithms uh, via DNSSEC. What else? Uh, a resource-based denial of service, uh, a buffer overread that could lead to an information leak or possible crash, and finally, an assertion-based crash uh, through a crafted query, so you could crash bind D as well. Uh, and last of all, uh, Mako, the Python templating uh, library, was updated as well uh, for 16.04 extended security maintenance plus 18.04.24 and 22.04 long-term support releases. In this case, it was just for a regular expression denial of service-based attack that could be mounted against that uh, to cause you know, denial of service against your server. And that is it for the week in security updates. So I did just want to have a very brief mention at the end of this episode. Uh, the team has been working internally on something uh, for the last few years. Uh, we've sort of made mention of it a number of times through the podcast, but it will be having a public release in the next couple of weeks. Uh, that is uh, Ubuntu Pro, and I guess more details about what that really is will come to light then. But yeah, I just wanted to give, I guess, a brief teaser of that. Something to look out for in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, uh, you know, some really good work that has gone into that uh, by the team. And yeah, something that, well, I guess we will uh, be talking a lot about here because yeah, our team has been putting a lot of effort into that behind the scenes so watch out for that one in the coming weeks all right so that takes us to the end of this week's episode as usual if you want to get in contact with the team you can email us at securityubuntu.com we also hang out in the ubuntu security channel on libera.chat the irc network and we're on twitter too at ubuntu underscore sec so thanks everyone for listening again for another week i'll be back again with you all next week but until then remember keep calm because we've got your back and i'll speak to you soon bye